From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Washington Watch. Coming up on this Wednesday edition, while red and blue states alike, along with several foreign nations, are moving to eliminate COVID restrictions like mask mandates, the Biden administration, they're doubling down. At this time, we continue to recommend masking in areas of high and substantial transmission. Um, that's m- much of the country right now in public indoor settings. That was CDC Director Rochelle Walensky earlier today at the virtual briefing by the White House COVID-19 response team. The Biden administration appears to be ignoring both the science and the polls. So what's this about? We'll talk with Kansas Senator Dr. Roger Marshall in just a moment. And the Iran nuclear talks are underway again this week. The Biden administration says they have until the end of the month to restart the agreement and keep Iran from a nuclear weapon. Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett sees it differently. Anyone who thinks such an agreement will increase stability is wrong because it will only temporarily delay our particular field of the nuclear enrichment program. But all of us in the region will pay a heavy, disproportionate price for it. Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin, former Deputy Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence, joins me in studio. And in our Olympics segment today, Human Rights on Ice, Bob Fu is here with what Christians can expect in China when the Olympics are over and the cameras are turned off. That's coming up later this afternoon in Washington Watch. Don't miss this. With all of the current crises, some of them actually created by the policies of this administration, what is President Biden focused on? Maybe tackling the inflation that his policies have create, has created? Maybe helping the Christians and the other religious minorities he made targets of in Afghanistan? What about revving up the economy that his mandates have has all but stalled out? Now, the president was tweeting this morning about a parental rights bill in Florida, slamming legislators, saying, quote, I want every member of the LGBTQI plus community, especially the kids who will be impacted by this hateful bill, to know I have your back, end quote. We'll talk with one of the bill's authors later here on Washington Watch. Speaking of education, members of the FRC Action Team were on the ground in Raleigh, North Carolina today for a school board training boot camp. Meg Kilgannon joins us with the details later. If you're a part of our Bible reading plan, you'll know that today, Exodus chapter 10 was one of the passages, and our verse from today comes from chapter 10, verses 1 and 2. Then the Lord said to Moses, go into Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants, that I may show these signs of mine among them, and that you may tell in the hearing of your sons and your grandsons how I have dealt harshly with the Egyptians, and what signs I have done among them, that you may know that I am the Lord." God tells Moses not to neglect neglect the nation's history. God was showing his power in Egypt so that future generations, through the telling of history, would know the one true God. A nation's history really does matter. All right. On Monday, a group of bipartisan governors met with President Biden and reportedly told him that the country needs to move beyond the pandemic. They also asked for clear guidelines on how to return to a greater state of normalcy. That same day, Democratic governors and officials in a number of states, including including California, New Jersey, Delaware, Connecticut, and Oregon, set timelines to end masking mandates, putting pressure on the Biden administration to move faster in developing a post-pandemic response plan. 
Well, today there was speculation that there might be an announcement from the White House COVID response team that would follow suit. But as you heard earlier, the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, said her agency is working on an updated guidance, but said we're not there yet. Well, joining me now to talk about what's behind this, certainly not the science and not the polling, is Kansas Senator Roger Marshall. He is a member of the Committee on Small Business and Entrepreneurship. He is a member of the Committee on Health, Education, Labor, and Pension. He is also a former business owner and a physician. Dr. Marshall, welcome back to the program. Tony, it's great to see you. All right. I have to ask you this, Senator. The polling shows overwhelmingly a majority of Americans from every state want us to move beyond all of these uh, COVID mandates. The science says the masks aren't working, especially for kids in you know K through 12. So what's behind this decision from the Biden administration? Yeah, t- Tony, obviously it's politics is what's behind their decisions. Uh, again, to your point, the science has never showed that masks uh, help prevent the disease for children. But it, we do know it has some bad psychosocial ramifications. Uh, what we really have here uh, is a situation 97% of Americans now have some level of immunity to COVID. Between vaccinations and having had the virus, 97% of Americans have, have some level of immunity. It truly is time to move on. And this is what I'm hearing at the town halls. But what's behind it? You know, I, I thought about this a lot the last 48 hours. If you're a socialist, if you're a person who thinks that you are God, that you're in control, there has to be something you can do. So so they've come up with this mask thing. Um, It's very humbling to think that we can't control everything in the world. But the the great news for your listeners is we do know who holds the future. And I just want to put this this chapter behind us and move on with faith. We're going to get through this. We're almost there. Well, it's not just the the politicians who are seeking power, but you recently wrote an op-ed in which you pointed out how health officials and the media have whipped Americans into this unhealthy fear of COVID. So the media has been a key part of this, of stoking the flames of fear. Yeah, exactly. So the media needs some type of a headline. And when President Trump left office, they were left without a headline. So they made COVID the new headline. And basically the, the fear-mongering, putting, the, putting fear into people's hearts, how bad the situation was. But if you keep reading my paper, you keep reading my website, that's what the press would tell you, we will give you the answers on how to get through this. So, so this is definitely media-driven. And, of course, the media, anyone who didn't agree with their narrative, they shunned and censored. Now, Senator Marshall, you have been leading in the Senate against these mandates, the vaccine mandate, uh, and you've been speaking out very forcefully about how, you know, we need to follow the science, and most of what they've been proposing has not been following the science. And now, as you pointed out, natural immunity, recent study out of Johns Hopkins shows uh, it's very effective up to uh, 20 months, uh, more effective against the Omicron than even uh, the vaccine. So, uh, do we, do we see any traction there to possibly rein in the Biden administration with the funding, or is the Democrats still in lockstep on all of this? 
well, Tony, I'm starting to see some cracks in their armor. You can see a few other people uh, on the fringe is starting to say, well, maybe there is something to the natural immunity. Uh, certainly all these studies, even the own CDC studies suggesting natural immunity is better than their vaccines. There are uh, studies showing that lockouts, uh, lockdowns did not work. So certainly every day, a, a more a wealth of scientific evidence saying we, we did the wrong policies. So I do see a crack in their armor. And I keep telling folks, I'm hoping it's all a moot point. I really think with 97% of Americans having immunity, the hospitalizations are starting to go down now. Uh, the number of new cases are 10% today, what they were uh, three or four weeks ago. So I'm really hoping it's the moot point. And, and again, to encourage your listeners, no matter what the next virus is, the next variant, what can we do? Uh, you know, exercise, eat healthy, get good rest. I think having a faith component of your body, uh, of your life is also very important in, in dealing with stress and your psycho uh, development, your, your psychological health. Well, the way this administration has dealt with the COVID-19, it certainly should be a boost of faith because we certainly have no faith in government. We need to turn to God. And I think that's exactly what we're seeing here is government has placed itself in a position of God, but we see how incapable they really are of dealing with some of the most uh, insignificant things. I mean, not insignificant, but manageable, I should say. But you mentioned crack. Speaking of cracks, I want to talk about... Uh, something I never thought I would be talking about, our federal government, a $30 million grant program from the Biden administration to fund the distribution of crack pot pipes. Uh, pop. <laughs> they, they, they are crack pots that are proposing these ideas, but crack pipes. Tell us about it. Yeah, yeah, Tony. Crack pipes for crack heads. Did you ever think when you said in your senior year of high school of government class that, that one day America would be such a socialistic government that we're going to be giving out crack pipes uh, to, to folks to help smoke their crack? It truly across America, as we as we learn of this, heads are exploding. But this is just one more example of how far left the Biden administration has, has went. You know, rather than dealing with the real problem, the real problem is last year. Five tons of fentanyl crossed our borders. Five, if you can think of five of those big semi-load trucks of fentanyl crossed our border. It's made in China. This is funding going to the cartel and then to China. Uh, and by the way, one teaspoon of fentanyl could kill two or 3,000 people. But meanwhile, the, this administration, what their focus is, is handing out crack pipes to crack heads. I want to go back to that border for just a minute because it's a it's a point that's often lost. Is that the reason in a, a contributing factor? I should say I don't want to overstate it, but a contributing factor to how that is getting across the border is that our border patrol is distracted by the steady flow of illegal immigrants, almost 2 million that were arrested this last year because of the lax policies of this administration. If they were able to do their job and look for not just illegal immigrants coming across, but illegal drugs, human trafficking, we could deal with a lot of this. Yeah, you're, you're right, Tony. I've been to the border three times in the past five years, and what you're describing is exactly what happens. Uh, the cartel will take a boatload of people across the river and yell out to the, to the border patrol, come get us, here we are, we're starving, we're, we're dying, we're dehydrated, so we got a pregnant lady here. Meanwhile, a half mile down the river, uh, the cartel is unloading uh, the, the drugs, and often, then they're using uh, young children as human shields, or using those children as back as uh, pack mules. 
And then if there's any problem, if they're, if they're confronted by Border Patrol, then, of course, they turn the children loose and run the other way. So it's, this is very uh, choreographed. Uh, they know what they're doing. I think China is very invested in this as well, very much coordinating these drugs coming across our borders with the cartel. Senator, we just have about a minute and a half left, and I, I want to ask you this question because I, you and I know each other. We, we, we talk frequently, and, and, and you're here in Washington, D.C. because of your faith. The Lord's called you here to serve. You had a very successful medical practice. Tell our listeners what gives you hope each morning as you get up and face some of these difficult issues. Yeah, you know, Tony is still just uh, meeting people, uh, seeing the, the the photographs, the videos of my grandkids that my my grand my daughter and and son are sending me as well. I still think we got a lot of great people out there. I think that up here in Washington D.C., we uh, unfortunately have a very loud uh, vocal left that is that is uh, winning the day with the media. But I, I just I think as long as we stick to our basic values, those values you and I were raised on values of faith and how important families are, communities, education, hard work. I, I believe if we stay true to our values, this nation's going to be just fine. Don't let the national media fool you. These problems we can solve by, by looking in the mirror, coming back to our own com- communities. And, and lastly, I would just encourage your listeners, those young godly men and women, I hope that you're running for the school board. I hope you're running for county commission. I hope that young godly men and women are thinking about education as a career to be our teachers, our principals, those superintendents as well. I, I believe in us. Good word, uh, Senator Roger Marshall. Always great to, uh, to talk with you. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Tony. Keep up the good work. All right. And by the way, folks, we'll be talking about education a little bit later. But coming up next, the Biden administration believes it has until the end of February to salvage the Iran nuclear agreement, which was abandoned by the Trump administration in 2018. But is it really something we want to salvage? Stick around. General Boykin is with me next. Don't go away. Are you struggling to spend consistent time in God's Word? Then join Family Research Council on an exciting journey through the Bible. FRC's two-year Bible reading plan helps you to approach daily Bible reading with an intentional focus of diving deeper into the nature of God and how His Word speaks into cultural issues. By studying the Bible, we can see the grandeur of God unfold throughout the past. The Stand on the Word reading plan takes you through daily scripture in an engaging manner to help you stay grounded in God's truth. All wisdom comes from God, and He has given us the Bible as a way to understand the world. Start this adventure today with Family Research Council. When you sign up, we'll text you every Sunday with daily passages and questions that help prepare you for conversations with your friends and family. To begin this journey, visit frc.org Bible. With the current division and confusion of our culture, it is so important for Christians to root ourselves in the truth of God's Word so that we are prepared to give a reason for the hope that we have. For this purpose, Family Research Council launched the Center for Biblical Worldview. The Center applies the Bible and the historical teachings of the Church to current issues. This helps Christians understand and live by a biblical worldview, know why Scripture must be authoritative, and equips believers to advance and defend the faith in workplaces, schools, communities, and the public square. The experts at the center address and provide resources on issues like religious liberty, abortion, voting, 
marriage, and sexuality. To access free resources like the Biblical Worldview series, go to frc.org worldview. To get highlights of the latest work of the Worldview Fellows, including blogs, interviews, and publications, sign up at frc.org subscriptions. At Family Research Council, it is important to us that we stay connected with you and that you stay informed. With the increase in tech censorship of conservatives and Christians, we've decided to be proactive to make sure we don't go completely dark due to censorship. That is why we've created a tech subscription platform. If we get canceled, you can stay informed and still find updates on faith, family, and freedom. How? Just text STAND to 67742 to sign up for our text alerts, and you will get FRC's content straight to your phone. Again, just text STAND to 67742, and you will get special alerts on the biggest stories of the day. You can stay informed with just a simple text. We want you to be able to stay connected with like-minded community and to always have access to our content. Stay connected and informed. Just text STAND to 67742. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Make sure you check it out. Lots of resources there for you. Yesterday, after a 10-day break, negotiations on reviving the 2015 Iran nuclear deal resumed in Vienna. And U.S. officials are reportedly eyeing late February as an unofficial deadline for the talks. Ahead of negotiation, Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett on Sunday warned world powers that the nuclear deal they are negotiating, the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, or the JCPOA, will make it harder to stave off a nuclear Iran. Joining me now to talk about this and more is FRC's Executive Vice President, Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin, who spent his last four years of his 36-year military career serving as the Deputy Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence He was one of the original members of the U.S. Army's Delta Force, and he is now our executive vice president. General, welcome back to the program. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Okay, so uh, Iran fired another missile uh, today with uh, a range that has the uh, capability of about 900 miles of reaching Mm -hmm. both uh, Israel and U.S. bases in the region. Yeah, and you would think that uh, if they really are taking this JCPOA negotiation seriously, this would be the, about the last thing that they would do. I mean, that would be like me sitting down and want to have a conversation with you and punch you in the face and say, right. hey, can we, can we reach an agreement? Yeah, and that's essentially what you have here. They're, they're, not, uh, they're not serious about this. Look, there's nothing that's going to stop them from getting a nuclear weapon. Well, I mean, a report I see, and there was a confidential or a classified briefing with members of Congress uh, today from negotiators. And while I don't have all of the details, there are those that are saying, I mean, they're just a couple of, uh, of weeks from breaking out and being able to develop nuclear weapons. I mean, we're, we're that close. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we need to understand also that uh, the, the mere fact that they have, would have a nuclear weapon is something for the entire world to be concerned about. Because these people are Shia Twelvers. They believe that their Messiah, the Mahdi, will return when the world is in bloodshed and chaos. And there's no better way to create that bloodshed and chaos for the whole world than to use a nuclear weapon against their hated enemy, Israel. And they are still today talking about, openly talking about 
destroying Israel, wiping it off the map. Okay, so correct me if I'm wrong. Um, you're the expert on this. I am not. I'm just the host. The They want in the agreement, if and, and Biden and his administration look like they're pursuing this at all costs, they want to get back into this agreement. But in order to get Iran to agree to it, they have to lift the sanctions, mm-hmm. economic sanctions. Because, ahead of time. Ahead, because, right. because they're hurting. They're only two weeks away from breaking out and being able to develop a nuclear weapon. We release the sanctions. What's to keep them from going forward with their nuclear program? There's no logic to what you just explained. It is exactly what the situation is, but there's no logic to it whatsoever. Biden is so eager to to close this deal, and I don't think that he or the The administration as a whole, the State Department certainly has not thought through this. The Department of Defense has, but hasn't said anything. And I don't think that there's any logic to us lifting those sanctions ahead of these talks or ahead of any agreement. If if Biden wants it that bad, then he's going to create a real mess. I I mean, I don't think we can trust these people, even if we have them in an agreement. No, you cannot trust them. And, uh, and and we've seen that. We've seen that in terms of uh, uh, how they have armed Hezbollah to be uh, a, a direct threat to Israel. And they've, they've moved Hezbollah into South Lebanon just so they're on the border there. That is their target. That is their primary target. They're the little Satan. We're the big Satan. Yeah. So uh, I, I played a clip at the top of the program of uh, Prime Minister of Israel, Naftali Bennett. There could not be, from from my perspective, you fill me in on this if I'm, I'm missing it, but there could not be any greater distance between us and Israel right now in terms of this policy with Iran. Tony, I, I must you know how I feel about Israel. And, you know, I can get emotional about this very quickly because I, I am uh, I'm very worried. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed because we are turning our backs on Israel. We're arming their enemy. And Israel's trying to tell us and the rest of the world that that's what we're doing. And uh, look, I, I will tell you this, and I, I'm sure you feel the same way. If Israel ran a preemptive strike against them today, I'd be the first one up applauding them. Oh, absolutely. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if they did, depending on how this, how these negotiations go. Because it's a life and death issue for uh, Israel. And in fact, as I go back to mentioning that the, this missile uh, was launched today, which clearly has the ability and capability of reaching uh, Israel. I think th- right. that was a clear message being sent by Iran. Everybody needs to understand that a a nuclear-armed Iran is an existential threat to Israel. You stop and think about what uh, Iran could do with one one nuclear weapon uh, Hitler couldn't do in in the whole time that he was in power in Germany. This was a big campaign pledge for the Biden administration, for President Biden. I mean, he's been on this, has not been able to accomplish it in a year. Do you think he does it in the next two weeks? Uh, what do you Reach, mean? Reaches and gets Iran back into this agreement and crafts a new agreement with uh, with Iran. Is he able to do that? And what does he have to give away to do it? Well, he, you know, essentially he gives away the farm. I, I think that he will try to reach a, an agreement. And I, if I had to give you, a, you know, a prognostication at this point, 
uh, I would say that he will come to an agreement with them and it will be, uh, it will be as far as I'm concerned, uh, the next step in the, in the coffin of our relationship with Israel. Which is already being strained even by what's happening in Russia and uh, Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, they're seeing that a little bit different than, uh, than we are. Yeah, that's exactly right. But this, this is such a serious situation here. And, and I, you know, why Obama wanted this agreement, which put Iran on the pathway yeah. to a nuclear weapon. Yeah. It put them on the pathway. And now Biden is so determined to see this thing through, to re-engage the Iranians. We know you can't trust them. General, we'll be watching this very closely over the next two weeks to see if, in fact, uh, they do reach an agreement, what they have to give away to uh, to reach it. But I, I share your concerns. Always great to talk with you, General. Good to be with you. All right. Uh, folks, stick with us on the other side of the break. It's the 2022 Olympics, and we bring you our segment Human Rights on Ice. Next here on Washington Watch, don't go away. A lot more to come. What is religious liberty and why should you care about it? Simply put, religious liberty is the freedom to choose your religious beliefs and to live according to those beliefs. Why should we care about this freedom? At Family Research Council, we care about religious freedom because we believe that it is an inherent human right that all governments have an obligation to protect. Tragically, not all governments do. Religious persecution is a tragic reality around the world that is not often acknowledged by the media, even though attacks on people of all faiths continue to increase globally. In scripture, God calls Christians to pray and care for the persecuted church, the downtrodden, and those who cannot help themselves. Therefore, we must be advocates for those persecuted for their faith. To access Family Research Council's latest resources and to learn more about religious freedom and what you can do to help the persecuted, go to frc.org slash religious liberty. Do you want to be able to stay up to date on conservative news? Are you looking for Christian resources to help you stay politically engaged? Then download Family Research Council's Stand Firm app. With all of our content available at your fingertips, you will conveniently be able to stay up to date throughout your busy day. The Stand Firm app will give you access to a variety of resources, such as our most recent episodes of Washington Watch with Tony Perkins, tweets and other social media posts, and our latest blogs, updates, and publications. Additionally, you will have the opportunity to take action and make your voice heard by contacting your elected officials on the issues that most concern you. Visit the App Store on your smartphone or mobile device and search Stand Firm to download Family Research Council's official Stand Firm app. to Washington Watch. I am your host, Tony Perkins. Over the course of this week and next, we're devoting a segment each day to highlight the human rights abuses of the Chinese Communist Party. We're calling this segment Human Rights on Ice.
Today, we are going to discuss the growing repression of Christians by the Chinese Communist Party. From Tiananmen Square to today, what have we seen unfold and where is China heading? In fact, they're just waiting for the cameras to be turned off after the Olympics and new restrictions are about to be replaced on uh, be placed on Christians. Joining me now to talk about this is Bob Fu, FRC Senior Fellow for International Religious Freedom and President of the Texas-based human rights organization, China Aid. Bob, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Tony, for having me again. So, Bob, uh, can, can you take us through the, the past few decades? I mean, you go back to uh, Tiananmen Square and, and the, 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 the push for and what looked like a moment in which China might experience freedom. But that's not been the case. It's actually gotten much worse. You're exactly right, Tony. I mean, in 1989, the Communist Party committed a massacre. By 2008, the International Olympics Committee rewarded the Beijing Summer Olympics in Beijing with the promise from the Communist Party leaders, human rights, religious freedom will be improved. But uh, from that time on, uh, less than you know, two decades uh, later, in 2022, we have seen China has entered into the worst religious persecution against Christians, against the Uyghur Muslims, against all people of faith. And uh, yet the Communist Party got a reward and uh, hosting the Beijing Winter Olympics right now. On the day one, on February the 4th, 2022, last week, when the Olympics uh, was opening, uh, having his uh, political show with the IOC committee uh, chairman, with the uh, putting there with the other dictators on the stage, uh, a house church leader from Beijing Holy Love Fellowship, Dr. Xu Yinghai, who is the elder of a house church, was put under house arrest. And he uh, would not be released until February 21st. That's the closing day of the Olympics. Millions of Chinese house church leaders had received a message not to worship anymore during the Olympics. Well, uh, Bob Fu, you, you have also uh, written about March 1st, after these Olympics are over. We're not going to see a reformed China that is going to be impacted by the Western world and more, uh, you know, expansive with the freedoms that they allow. They'll actually be cracking down on Christians even more. Explain that. Well, Tony, as you know, this uh, the Chinese uh, Communist Party make China as a really digital totalitarian uh, uh, tyranny, uh, tyranny uh, right now. I mean, the uh, thank to the Apple's complicity uh, that uh, the Chinese uh, uh, Apple phone users are no longer able to download any uh, Bible-related apps. So the Bible apps had been totally removed from Chinese, millions of Chinese users. And uh, now every, with the social credit system, and uh, also on March the 1st, the Communist Party has already passed a new law, a regulated online religious contest, that basically if you organize an online prayer meeting, or if you um, uh, put a Bible verse on the social media, you could be subject for 
the uh, subversion of state power charge uh, up to five to 15 years imprisonment. So this is uh, the, going to only get worse after the Olympics. In addition to this, I mean, we've got, uh, I think, nearly a, a hundred million Christians uh, in China. Uh, through the digital control, they're also going to be essentially censoring Bibles. So they're going to have, a, they're, they're, they're going to make sure these, the Bibles they read are in sync with the Communist Party. That's right. It's called uh, the sanitization. Basically, any Bible teaching, if it's still allowed uh, in the government-sanctioned church building, and uh, you have to teach it incompatible with the socialism and communism ideology. I mean, how could uh, this happen? Uh, all the uh, official church leaders have to pledge its absolute loyalty to the party leader Xi Jinping first. So I would ask this question to Coca-Cola, you know, to uh, Nike, to NBC, who are the big sponsors of this uh, political showcase like uh, Hitler did in 1936. How could uh, you, with a good conscience, uh, continue to broadcast to be enablers of this uh, uh, religious persecution and genocide uh, with the one to three million are still in the concentration camp? A very, very good question. But Bob Fu, I think you're going to be waiting a long time for an answer uh, because I don't think they will answer that question. The hypocrisy from corporate America is absolutely stunning. Bob Fu, always great to talk with you. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Thank you, Tony, once again. God bless. All right, folks, coming up next, we're going to be joined by John Stenberger from Florida. He runs the Family Policy Council down there. He's working with legislators who are actually in session right now. Uh, one of the bills got the president's attention today. He didn't like it. We're going to talk about it next here on Washington Watch. Don't go away. A lot more to come. Do you want to be able to stay up to date on conservative news? Are you looking for Christian resources to help you stay politically engaged? Then download Family Research Council's Stand Firm app. With all of our content available at your fingertips, you will conveniently be able to stay up to date throughout your busy day. The Stand Firm app will give you access to a variety of resources, such as our most recent episodes of Washington Watch with Tony Perkins, tweets and other social media posts, and our latest blogs, updates, and publications. Additionally, you will have the opportunity to take action and make your voice heard by contacting your elected officials on the issues that most concern you. Visit the App Store on your smartphone or mobile device and search Stand Firm to download Family Research Council's official Stand Firm app. What is religious liberty and why should you care about it? Simply put, religious liberty is the freedom to choose your religious beliefs and to live according to those beliefs. Why should we care about this freedom? At Family Research Council, we care about religious freedom because we believe that it is an inherent human right that all governments have an obligation to protect. Tragically, not all governments do. Religious persecution is a tragic reality around the world that is not often acknowledged by the media even though attacks on people of all faiths continue to increase globally. 
In scripture, God calls Christians to pray and care for the persecuted church, the downtrodden, and those who cannot help themselves. Therefore, we must be advocates for those persecuted for their faith. To access Family Research Council's latest resources and to learn more about religious freedom and what you can do to help the persecuted, go to frc.org slash religious liberty. Attention university students. Are you looking for an internship that will help you grow as a Christian leader and allow you to positively influence the culture? Then Family Research Council's internship program is for you. FRC's life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program will prepare and equip you for the next step in your professional journey. You'll enjoy a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training. All of these offerings were created to aid you in your personal and professional development. As an intern, you will have the opportunity to work side-by-side with our experts in policy, communications, event planning, and more. The real-world experience you gain will prepare you to pursue a career of influence and make a difference wherever God calls you. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org internships to apply. I'm Tony Perkins, and you're listening to Washington Watch, the website, TonyPerkins.com. Let me remind you, um, every morning, 8 44 a.m., if you are a part of our Bible reading plan, Stand on the Word. Uh, if not, you can be a part of it, but at 8 44 a.m. Eastern Time, you can join me on Facebook uh, for a daily devotional. I'd uh, love to have you be a part of our Bible reading plan. All right, making its way through the Florida legislature right now is a parental rights bill. That says schools may not encourage discussion about sexual orientation or gender identity in primary grade levels. Well, the president didn't like it. He sent out a tweet claiming that the legislation is designed to attack LGBTQI plus kids. Um, He called the bill hateful. Uh, Think about this. I mentioned this earlier at the top of the program. Inflation going through the roof. Is the president working on inflation? No. No. Uh, we've, his foreign policy is a disaster. Is he focused on what's happening in Ukraine and Russia, maybe Iran, as we were just talking about, uh, you know, arming itself with nuclear weapons? What's he focused on? He's focused on advancing the whole LGBTQ agenda. And that has been the hallmark of his administration. Joining me now to set the record straight on what this bill actually does is John Stenberger, president of the Florida Family Policy Council. John, welcome back to the program. Tony, it's great to be with you. I, I'm, I'm not hearing John. Can, do we have him? Can you hear me now? Yeah, mm-hmm. I got you now. So for, okay, before great. we before we get him, uh, welcome, John, always great to see you. Bef- before we get into the president's comments, can you first tell us about the bill? What does it do? Yeah, so our opponents are calling this the don't say gay bill it's really a don't turn my son into a daughter bill. Um, The bill prohibits the school from changing its policies regarding discussions around human sexuality, regarding uh, sexual orientation, gender identity without parents being involved. We had a situation in Jacksonville, Laura Ingram just had this on her show. A father gets a call from the emergency room. His daughter just tried to commit suicide, Tony, by hanging herself. 
he gets into it and he finds out that the school's been leading her into becoming a boy, assigning her boy name, letting use boys' restrooms, and the stress and the depression and the turmoil of all that just made her go over the top. Um, and so that's exhibit A as for why we need laws like this. Schools need to be focused on teaching kids math and reading and writing. I mean, if you look at our academics compared to the rest of the world, we are flailing. And instead, schools are trying to engage in social experimentation with our kids. It's complete nonsense, and it's nonsense that this bill stops in its tracks. Yeah, I mean, it, what a contrast. I mean, and that's essentially what Governor DeSantis has said in Florida. Our schools need to be about teaching reading, writing, help our kids do well in math and science, not making our classrooms a playground for social experimentation. But here, on the other hand, you have President Biden, the president of the United States of America, uh, who is supposed to be a world leader. And what's he worried about? He's worried about a bill that protects parental rights in Florida. I mean, you talk about mixed up priorities for this administration. Uh, it, it's unbelievable what this administration is focused on. It's not only his jurisdiction, it's not national or worldwide, it's a state matter, but it's he's got it wrong on the issue, even how he's coming down on it. So it's just unfortunate. Parents' rights have got to be respected. You know, and what they say is, oh, well, it's because the parents would be abusive or they do something horrible. Look, Tony, we have laws for that, right? I mean, the in Florida, we have the, de the Department of Children and Families. If somebody's abusive or there's neglect or abandonment, hey, call DCF, report, have them come out. That's not what we're talking about here. Mo the vast majority of parents are going to love and unconditionally accept their kids, irrespective of how they act out, whether they identify as gay or whatever it is. Um, this, what we have here is schools are literally engaging in the process right. of trying to actively to teach kids and guide them through the process of changing their sex without the parents knowing anything right. about it. It's absolutely yeah, outrageous. You're, you're absolutely right, John. The vast majority of parents are going to love their kids. They're going to, if they can, they're going to try to help them. Of course, that avenue is being cut off in some jurisdictions where you can't even help your child through counseling to try to make the right decisions about their sexuality. But you're right. Parents are going to accept their kids. But this is about this is about drafting kids. This is about drawing kids into this sexual confusion so that, quite frankly, they can be recruited into this. I mean, this is the parents have a right. And, and John, I'm sure you see it in Florida. I see it across the country. What is encouraging is the parents are saying enough is enough. And that is why legislators are standing up and putting forth bills like this. Well, we're very pleased that the leadership of Senator Dennis Baxley and Representative Joe Harding in Florida, as well as our governor. You know, Tony, uh, I, you know, it's like it's like uh, it's the parents rights. Stupid. Right. When we see what happened in Virginia, Loudoun yeah. County. I mean, politicians need to wake up and smell the coffee because if they keep going down this road, there's going to be consequences. The pendulum is swinging way too far to the left, too fast in crazy land. And so I think that common sense is about to be put back and it's going to be put back in the ballot box when parents just say enough. You're exactly yeah. right. Well, I'm actually I only disagree with you on this one point, John. I'm hoping the other side doesn't wake up. Uh, I want <laughs> them to get their clocked clean politically uh, and, and, and not even know what hit them because they're so locked into la la land from this this leftist thinking. Um, so fi final question for you, John Stenberger. What are the prospects of this bill in Florida? 
So I, I mean, we're working out some details. There's some, there's some language that is problematic, perhaps, and we're getting the best lawyers in the country from ADF and Liberty Council and others to weigh in and look at it. But I think there's a very good chance this bill could pass. I mean, uh, our governor, DeSantis, is very serious about parental rights. He's very serious about pushing back the mob that's trying to attack our kids. And so I think there's a very good chance this bill could pass. Great. We will be tracking it and, of course, encouraging our people to weigh in on it as well. John Stenberger, appreciate you joining us today. Thanks for your leadership in the state of Florida and literally across the nation as you provide leadership to Family Policy Council. It's always good to see you. Thank you, Tony. All right, folks, if you live in Florida, all right, you got homework, you need to weigh in with your members of Congress, our members of the legislature on this bill. They need to hear from you because they're going to hear from the other side now that the president has made this an issue. The president tweeting about it. I mean, look, every left loony in America is going to be focused on these uh, legislators that are trying to advance this in Florida. Remember, we're talking about primary school. We're talking about elementary school kids simply being protected from those wanting to indoctrinate them with sexual confusion. Now, if you think this is only happening in Florida, you know it's not. If you listen to this program regularly, we try to bring you information on what is happening across the country. Good news is, as we were talking about, there are parents who are saying enough is enough. And they're not just complaining. You know, complaining is not the best thing to do. I mean, yes, let's let's lift our voices, but then let's do something. Let's pray. Let's prepare and let's take a stand. And that's what FRC Action was on the ground today in North Carolina, helping citizens do as it pertains to public education. Joining me now to talk about what's happening in North Carolina, both today and tomorrow, is our senior fellow for education studies, Meg Kilgannon. Meg, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Tony. It's so nice to be back. It's so great to be able to tell you about this wonderful day we met today. Yeah, tell us about it. We were in Raleigh, North Carolina at the beautiful Christ Baptist Church. Uh, We were uh, co-sponsoring this event with NC Values and FRC Action. And um, we did our virtual school board training back in June, and um, we didn't really know what to expect for an in-person event. We had a little over 100 people come to the church today from 9 o'clock in the morning until 2 o'clock in the afternoon, hearing speakers and uh, having fellowship and praying and hearing about how to run a campaign. And at the end of the day, at 2 o'clock, we closed out with a prayer and we said, please, if you're thinking of running for office, please come to the front of the church for us to to talk with you afterwards. And Tony, 50 people came forward to talk about running for office. Some have already declared their candidacy and are working on their campaigns. Um, Some are running on slates so that they will have a controlling majority of votes on the school board all across the eastern part of North North Carolina. It was just really a wonderful, wonderful day of of activism and community and fellowship, and it was just a joy to be there. So now we are in Charlotte, uh, or near Charlotte, in Mooresville, at um, at Trinity Baptist Church, uh, with Vice, you know, Vice President Mark Harris, 
and uh, we're setting up for the next event that's tomorrow. And we will do the same thing again tomorrow where we will ha have people from a different region of North Carolina come to this event and learn what it's like to be in public office, learn the issues that you're gonna face as a, a public official, learn how to run a campaign. And then if you get all that information and you think maybe that's not exactly what God's calling you for, then we're gonna talk to you about how to run a parents group and how to run a pack and how to be engaged in your community so that you support the wonderful people who are running for office or are elected. So Meg, there's something for everyone uh, in the process, no matter where you fit in on the wall, uh, as Nehemiah, you know, put everybody to work, you've got a, there's a place for you. So again, give, a, give our listeners, because we've got a lot of listeners in North Carolina. So give them the details uh, where and when tomorrow. Tomorrow, the doors will open at eight and we'll go until two o'clock. We're at Trinity a Baptist Church in Mooresville, North Carolina. Um, we would love to see you. We have registration is available online at frcaction.org slash schools. You can find the registration link there and the exact address for the church. But if you know where the church is and you just want to come in tomorrow and, and uh, you can register the morning of, we'd be happy, so happy to see you. All right, and folks, uh, if you didn't catch that, Go to TonyPerkins.com. We've got, uh, we should have a link up there for you. All right, Meg Kilgan, I want to ask you a question. You were in the Trump administration, Department of Education. The president of the United States, Joe Biden, tweeting out this morning about a Florida law protecting parental rights, protecting elementary school kids from inappropriate uh, sexual material that would confuse them president saying this, I want every member of the LGBTQI plus community, especially the kids who will be impacted by this hateful bill, to know that we are or that you are loved and accepted just as you are. I have your back and my administration will continue to fight for the protections and safety you deserve, end quote. What does this tell you about the priorities of the Biden administration Department of Education? I have to tell you that that is a shockingly disturbing statement to come from a supposedly devoutly Catholic president. I'm, as a Catholic, horrified that he could say that in public and seem to get away with it. I'm glad that he won't on this show. Uh, the, the priorities of the Department of Education are to, um, to access the whole child at every opportunity possible and do it without the engagement of parents. And I, we as a society really need to think very carefully when people tell us they want to talk to our children about these intimate matters and they want to do it outside parental guidance. I think those people are telling us something about themselves that we should pay very close attention to. Yeah. Let, 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 me, throw, let me throw something at you uh, that uh, you're probably not prepared for, but is it time just to eliminate the Department of Education at the federal level? Well, you know, that would be great, right? We, we absolutely would be great to get rid of it. Um, and during the uh, Trump administration, there, there was always a plan afoot to try to figure out a way to get rid of it. Um, if, if it's true that we can't get rid of it, we definitely need to make sure that it is as small as possible and that it, it does only the barest minimum that needs to be done at that level. Um, it, it, at this point, I, there's not terribly much good coming from it. 
that would make the case for keeping it. Well, and, and when you look at the amount of money that comes from the federal level down to the state and local level, it's, it's actually not that much. It depends on the state and the, somewhere between 7 to maybe 10%. Um, but yet, the, the, I wouldn't even call them strings. They're more like cables that are connected to the money. They control so much of what happens in the classroom. Uh, it, it is a it is a huge influence and it's a very negative influence. And then when you consider the the situation with student loans for college and university, and the tremendous uh, financial uh, obligation that that represents, um, it really is such a, a negative drain on the economy and the educational infrastructure. Ever since the government started guaranteeing student loans, tuition has gone up. Um, every every single year, uh, and that that's just not not helping people in the end. Yeah. Meg Kilgannon, always great to talk with you and uh, so excited about the success of today's event in Raleigh. Looking forward uh, tomorrow uh, there in the Charlotte area. And again, we'll encourage people to check out the website and, uh, and join you there tomorrow. Thank you. We'd love to see you tomorrow. Good night. All right, folks, uh, go to the website, TonyPerkins.com. If you're in the Charlotte area, you can be there. A part, you can be a part of this uh, training for how to impact the school boards and uh, make a difference right there in your community. Go to TonyPerkins.com. All right, whatever you do, pray. Pray for our nation. And then as you pray and the Lord leads you to get involved, get involved. And then follow the advice of the Apostle Paul. Because he says when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, when you've taken your stand, there's no plan B. Just keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234. 